Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nice article in the Managing Madrid uh, blog. They're wonderful lads that do a great job there. And worth reading about that man there. Karim Benzema needs to rest and the numbers reveal why. Times ended up almost looking like a 6 3 1. Some very good writing about that on the Managing Madrid website. Frustrate podcast as well. Pere Valverde was a huge part of the equation. Hello and welcome to Las Blancas podcast. I'm your host, Om Arvind, and I am joined today by Josh Thapur. We are going to break down Real Madrid's nil-nil draw with PSG in the Champions League group stage. This is match day two. Remember, we defeated Vlasnia in match day one. And so to complete kind of the first round of fixtures, we will be playing Chelsea next. But PSG was first up in terms of the big challenges in this group. And hard to say we passed the test. I don't know if we could say we failed it either. Obviously, the scoreline is nil-nil. I would say there's plenty to learn from this game. I think that's the way... I'd phrase it, and also a lot of interesting things to discuss, specifically from Toril's perspective and a lot of the decisions he made, starting with the starting lineup. We're back in the 11. I think that's what we expected after he missed the last few games. The more interesting thing is that we were doing the false right winger thing again, so just running through the 11, Misa on goal, Catalan, Rocio, center backs. That was the other big thing. Ivana on the bench, and I think we'll have a lot to say about that. But Catalan, Rocio, center back. Olga, Kenti as the fullback. Another decision, Kenti over Lucia. And then you had the nominal midfield three of Toleki, Freya Siri, Claudia Zornoza. And then the nominal attacking three, Weir, Esther, Athenea. Really, when Weir plays, on the right, we see more of the box midfield, right? So Toledi Freya would be in more of a double pivot. Zornoza and Weir would play in the second line. 
kind of as attacking midfielders. And then you'd have Atenea still doing her normal self as a left winger with Esther being the attacker. And that theoretically frees up our right back to be more of a wing back winger, whatever you want to call it, while our left back can be a bit more conservative or exchange with Atenea. So we've talked about how this formation has worked in the past. We've talked about when it has looked good. It looked good in, in some of the Champions League qualification rounds. We saw it flag a bit later on. So there there have been mixed results with it. What did you think about the starting lineup, the decisions to leave Ivana out? Maybe also you can talk about the, the, the decision to pick Kenti over Lucia, but also the decision to put Weir on the right wing and go with the box midfield. Yeah, so the uh, the initial reaction when I saw the lineup was that we are probably aiming, we are going to go a little conservative because uh, Freya was also starting. So that was another uh, big thing. We were probably, we gave a little too much, uh, I don't know if this is the right way to say it, but like we were giving uh, PSG a lot more respect and we were like aiming to be to maybe settle for a draw like that that is what it it looked like because like freya is the only natural dm uh, for us in the in the squad so her starting in in uh, in a very big game like like this just goes that we want to be more assured defensively that is what it speaks to me on on the on the surface and then going with two uh, sort of this physically dominant and tall central central defenders it was like we wanted to add some sort of physicality in our uh, in our central defense as well so that idea seemed like we weren't we weren't trying to take a lot of control of, of this game and we were happy to uh, maybe just see this out without a loss so it felt odd because given how psg have been operating in in the past uh, last few games and in this season overall they aren't really a very settled team themselves so like they aren't really that threatening as they used to be so they were there for the taking and uh, yeah going slightly conservative didn't really fit my taste i would have liked us to push them uh, in possession and like keep more of the of the ball and utilize it better which we'll talk about how we failed to do that uh, in in many occasions so yeah i mean those were my initial thoughts when i when i saw the lineup wasn't really very happy about it yeah i think people know my thoughts by now about immediately turning to the more limited defensive the the named defensive midfielder versus big teams that hasn't necessarily served us well in the past and mainly my concern is, well, the opposition is going to press you and there's a value in retaining the ball. There's a defensive value to retaining the ball, right? So by playing someone who's not considered as defensive, but they're more technical, they're more secure in possession, they can actually give you enhanced or equal defensive value depending on how things play out. It's an argument I've used a lot versus Barca. And the other thing is it's 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 never so much of a hard discussion for me because all of the central midfielders we have can defend, right? Especially Tede. It's a bit weird how she gets stereotyped when she's actually quite a physical and combative 
player. Like, I mean, sometimes she goes overboard and she can foul people and um, maybe goes too hard into, into challenges. Like, she's, she's that aggressive and she's quite a sturdy player. Um, although she doesn't have the ability to cover ground, you know, and just swallow up space like an elite defensive midfielder. Although you mentioned on Twitter, like, that's not exactly Faye's thing either. She's not necessarily the quickest player, but she is big. She is strong, generally has solid defensive positioning. And if you expect to suffer for most of the game, I can see the logic. But I think it's just kind of a fundamentally different way of looking at it. And I think that may be kind of the underlying theme of the discussion of this game, right? How Odil saw things versus how we see things. This is one thing to, to touch upon because on the face of it, I don't really have a problem with the we're false winger thing. And it actually, like, from a theoretical perspective, gave us the tools we needed to exploit PSG, although it didn't really happen that way. But I think Horil, and because it didn't happen that way, I feel more confident saying that Horil just did this because I just don't think he has faith in the right wing option at the moment, right? If it's not going to be weird, we can do two things. We can put Feller on the right wing, or we can play Akane on the right and put Olga in attack. And that's going to put Sveva at left back. And if Feller is off the table, which I, I don't think Toril just trusts her at this moment in these games, which just if we're talking about her, I think that's fine. I understand that decision because I think Feller is just in a much rawer place than our other attack. I, I would say she's not even at the level that Ateneo was last year, which is not to say that she doesn't have any promise, but I think just to put into perspective kind of the timeline she's on, it's it's going to take a while, right? To, to just expect her to be the one to replace Cardona's output or something on the right wing. Like, it doesn't necessarily make sense, and I think Torel has recognized that quickly. So if she's not on the table, then it's between, do you want to play Sveva or Olga at left back? And I think most people in the fan base would favor Olga. And so I think that's just the call he made. And if that's going to be the case, then he's like, well, what else can I do? We're at right wing has kind of worked before, so why don't I do that? And I think that's just how the thinking went for this game. Basically, who are all the players I find most reliable to put on the pitch combined with probably was a cautious mentality, which is interesting considering he did that versus Barca repeatedly. And then he found the breakthrough when he decided to be braver, right? Both with his lineup selection and his approach. So it was interesting that he kind of, I wouldn't say fully reverted. I, I we didn't sit in a deep block versus PSG or anything, but he he definitely tried to kind of mix it, I would say, right? Like, put Freya, and then maybe, like you said, the logic for the center backs was height. I, I mean, I don't know. that That's something we'll have to talk about, because I can start on that and talk about it for 15 minutes, but we'll get to it. That, it, it. Very naturally, it's going to lead into having to talk about that because of the way Kathleen played. But I think, yeah, I think that's kind of the, the the logic behind it, you know. And if I think we'll 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 get into it, so I'll just keep going. The match, in terms of how it started, I think it's fair to say PSG had the better of the opening minutes. Although I would say actually it was more the middle part of the first half, which is when we really saw the best of them, when they were putting most of the pressure on the box, creating some chances here and there, getting Diani into things more, because. First five ten minutes when I rewatched it, my my impression was slightly less negative upon the rewatch um, because of how nervous and, and tense I was in the game and how the ge- because the game didn't go to my expectations, I was a little more negative. But 
you know, first five to 10 minutes, I would say Real Madrid did have some things going their way. But overall, for me, the picture seemed like it was, you could kind of tell it was leaning PSG. What did you think about maybe opening 15, 20 minutes, how Real Madrid were coping, what PSG looked like, any of the key battles? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was the opening few minutes, uh, I was like focusing on what PSG are trying to do in offense because uh, the way they, they had lined up with Diani, Bachmann and Martins, like that has been their go through, but like what, how they are going to operate and stuff. And it was interesting that Martens was operating uh, much more centrally and Bachmann was uh, operating towards the left for PSG. So uh, it it was interesting. And it was also uh, like interesting to see how Zornosa was operating for us because uh, like she was she was in that number 10 role. Like uh, it was m- mostly like a double pivot of uh, Freya and, and Toletti with Zoranosa like uh, shuttling across the width of the pitch and it was interesting like we we know that Zoranosa isn't as good of a presser as uh, where has been for us in that role uh, so it, uh, it it did really like it did really play play its part when when we were trying to close down uh, PSG and the way we were trying to uh, you know close down the ball carrier in the middle third so there were some moments where it wasn't as good and Zornosa wasn't as uh, involved when she should have been wasn't as active when she should have been uh, and one thing that that really stood out to me in 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 these opening minutes like 15 20 minutes was was how PSG were set up uh, on our goal kicks because uh, we we really had problems when we were trying to like build up and stuff and on on goal kicks what uh, they were trying to do is uh, they had both of their uh, number eights if you want to call them Georo and uh, Gronen both were pushing up then you had Diani uh, marking one of the center backs or the uh, or the white player for us the full back and all of the short options were marked and if like Zornosa was trying to drop in the number six was following her as well so it was o- only way was to go long and when we went long we often lost the ball because uh, even like going long we had to go like like really long it wasn't an option to play to the fullbacks either because fullbacks were marked as well with Gronen pushing and helping out to like cut off the center back option so it was difficult and uh, I mean we will probably talk about this when we get into like individual player performances but it wasn't a very good performance from the double pivot in possession. I, I felt like like they weren't offering solutions when they should have and they weren't like when they received the ball it wasn't always the sort of thing where you are trying to move the position forward uh, rather than like playing it safe and conservative at the slightest of pressure because otherwise you won't be able to progress the ball higher up the pitch and that is what we saw a lot of times uh, especially with Freya and that has been something that that has been mentioned before and that isn't particularly one of our strengths but yeah that that really uh, hurt us like in, in possession uh, I felt like at times there wasn't enough staggering between the double pivot as well. 
so yeah i mean opening few minutes i i felt like psg had the better opportunities and like that that was the that was probably the theme like they were able to their fullbacks are really dangerous we we know that so they were able to get them involved too and they were able to create and i think like this is a psg side that is missing katoto so like there wasn't really any recognized central striker presence so they were the dynamism that was offered to them through the middle by there was martens operating there when martens moved towards the wide areas diani was coming out like there was always at least one or two players trying to provide that sort of central threat uh, which was really uh, which was really nice to see because uh, it it's something it's it's about how players adapt and how players operate in different scenarios when when asked to fill in a role and it was uh, it was pretty interesting to see and we weren't like particularly able to uh do as well defensively as we would have expected with uh with the sort of reduction in threat that psg has had due to injuries but uh, they were still like pretty pretty effective and that is down to how dynamic the sort of dynamism that their midfielders and the uh, forward line offered to them so initial few minutes yeah psg were definitely better and i think one can say that for larger stretch of the game as well So yeah PSG's setup I think was as expected except maybe I expected Bachmann to do more of like the false nine stuff or be more of the center forward and it was mostly Martins I mean it was fluid enough because when you have Martins Bachmann Diani it's going to be fluid enough that you're going to see multiple people in that position at the time it was generally Martins though who was dropping off more to the center and Bachmann would drop more towards the left half space it changed when psg made subs in the second half but that's how i generally saw it and i i think this causes issues i i think because of what our defensive structure was so we were setting up in a 442 a, a pretty straightforward shape that we always use right except we're is defending on the right zornoza in the center up top with esther as you mentioned and that left to double pivot right to kind of deal with the two central midfield or the two interiors for PSG's would be Shaqi Gronin and Gayoro since they were occupied there was always space for Martins to drop into receive freely and then initiate and there were probably four or five sequences where Martins was picking up deep dribbling forward making something happen and then the onus was kind of on someone else right so when Martins drops off maybe Gayoro makes the run in behind or Bachmann makes it and that's maybe where it was just a little lacking for PSG where if you have Katoto there and you have maybe one of the interiors dropping off to receive the ball or someone from out wide right so if Bachmann was dropping off with Katoto there you'd always have someone threatening in behind but even if there wasn't such a direct ability for PSG to receive and then immediately break line centrally or play over the top they were able to progress to the final third with scary efficiency for large portions of that first half and i think part of that is give credit to psg and the quality of players like martins and bach especially martins i mean we know we know how good martins is from a personal level because she has terrorized us many times in the past it for for a couple moments it looked like she was going to do it again right because she strikes the bar with this cross shot that is probably the closest psg came to scoring besides the one versus one Gianni had in the second half 
So that was one element of it, right? So they were overloading our midfield with those movements. We had trouble with that. But it's not like we haven't faced these things in the past, right? And I think a good comparison in terms of the flaws we saw defensively in the first half, I did think it got better in the second half only upon rewatch. I didn't notice it in live time because it was more subtle. But I think a good comparison would be the Barcelona first leg in terms of the intensity of how we were pressing, the compactness of it, and dealing with overloads in midfield in the way that Barca do. It's not like we can't handle it from the structure, but we really struggled in the first half. And I just felt the defensive structure and the pressure just wasn't up to it, right? Part of that could be, as you mentioned, I think it's a more and more relevant point the more matches we see. We're, as a central presser alongside Esther, is just at a different level than other players. And Zornoza was okay, but she wasn't quite in tune with Esther. There were moments where they were both looking at each other and it's like, you need to go there, you need to go there. Zornoza obviously can't cover ground as, as well as we are. She's not as physical as we are. And so I, that, 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 I think, was problem number one. And I think Weir is less suited to tracking back, although she, she had a good moment versus Parchali in the second half. That's problem number one. Problem number two is we were not quick enough to close down the wings. This starts with the fact that, okay, we were, we were in a high line, but we weren't really applying pressure to their center backs, which I think we really could have. I really think we could have put Ilishtet and, and Di Almeida under, under greater pressure and forced the issue on them. But we didn't really do that that often because we were concerned about Jean-Francois receiving as the pivot or maybe Gronin dropping off and receiving. So they needed to shield. But okay, that means we're ushering the pass out wide. When that happens, Athenea, where it was mostly on our, on our left-hand side because they want to play through Ashley Lauren, right? So Athenea had to be a lot quicker to come out and, and committedly just come and close her down. Like give her barely any time to make a decision. Then the net, from everyone else needs to close in, right? The central midfielders need to step in on the short options. The fullback has to step up or, or be tied to Diani. And the, the forward has to close off with the near side center back option. Maybe it was because of the uncertainty of Martin's dropping off. Maybe we just didn't necessarily plan to be that aggressive, but it was just too easy for PSG to go wide, for Lawrence to look up and either try to play in Diani, play a combination, drive forward. And that's where PSG can kill you. Because what is the most dangerous thing about PSG, especially in the absence of Pototo? It's their wing combination. It's their and, and it's the ability for their fullbacks to make things happen and progress the ball. And it just felt like PSG it was just too easy for them to do that in the first half. And we'll talk about, in my opinion, what changed in the second half. It'd be interesting if, if Yash saw that as well. But to me, that was kind of the number one issue. I think the most interesting talking point for me will be what we did in possession. But I can't, just because I find that more interesting, I can't just ignore that there were some defensive kinks. That being said, and, and this is how we'll transition, we'll get back to the in-possession stuff. We transitioned there immediately. I'll talk for another 20 minutes, but let's transition this way. There were issues, in my opinion, with what we were doing defensively higher up the pit. And then obviously there were things PSG were doing that made things complicated as they progressed through our block. But once they reached our third, we defended extremely well. This is the type of firefighting defending, right? When you, you've been broken down, you're on the edge of your seat, like, oh my God, here it comes, right? They're going to create a big chance. And then someone flies in, makes an elite interception where the margin of error is so, so thin. And you're like, breathe a sigh of relief. And you're like, okay, we survived. 
And that just happened too many times for us to want to repeat something like that again. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't give credit for the defending, for the execution at the back. And I think everyone did a pretty good job. But the stands out, standouts for me are number one, Rocio. I thought she was the best player in the game because she was put under so much pressure. She made so many high-value interventions that I think her impact probably outstripped anyone else on the Real Madrid team that day, both in terms of her ability to defend the box, defend crosses, but also increasingly she was put in a lot of one-versus-one situations with Diani that you and I like looked at this before this game and was like, that could be an issue. Like, Rocio defending space, she's just not the quickest player. And somehow she was able to stay with her. She was locked in. Maybe the best game she's ever played for Real Madrid. I think I might say that. Obviously, I don't remember every game, but it was. I think it was that good of a performance defensively. And then Olga didn't win every duel versus Diani because that's impossible, but she really gave Diani a run for her money. It wasn't like Diani could just go clean by her. Olga made a number of crucial interceptions that would have set Diani through, and had Olga not got there, she would have been behind the play, and it would have been all over for her. Catalin, Kenti had their defensive moments, but probably because PSU were mainly attacking to their right, we saw Rocio Olga in most of the action. I think they rose to the occasion the vast majority of the times and really prevented the statistics from running away and making this game look lopsided, right? Because the shot count somehow ends up being even at the end of this game. The XG, I imagine, will be in PSG's favor because of the one versus one, but it's not going to look particularly crazy. And that's down to them. It's down to Rosa, it's down to Olga. It was down to, honestly, especially on set pieces, everyone was pretty locked in. Uh, Somehow, when we got to our own defensive third, in other games when this is usually when we lose our concentration, we really were locked in and we defended well. So I have to say that, Yash, you can comment on on our our defense in, in our own third in the box. Um, and then Olga Rocio's performances and anyone else you think deserves a mention. We'll talk about Misa later. Yeah, I too felt like Rocio had a really good game. I, I rate Rocio like there are obviously some issues where like she isn't the quickest to turn or she isn't the fastest defender, but she she does the basics really, really well. And she is able to like stay with her marker quite well. And she is obviously this physically imposing figure uh, too. So it's it's difficult coming up against her. And she knows her strengths well. So she plays to them. And in this game, yes, uh, like when, when we were discussing earlier, I, it did feel like it was going to be a test for her coming up against uh, such a threatening ball carrier and direct uh, player who, who has pace to burn as well. So, but but the way she performed was really really good, and and yeah, I mean Olga about about Olga like she she just gives it her all uh, no matter the position she plays. So in today's game as well, like you mentioned, there were many crucial uh, interceptions. Uh, but that is always like she she is so one thing that always stands out to me about Olga is how how aware she is of of what is happening around her. Like she never loses sight of the ball and she's always like she she's really quick so she's able to recover from uh, like even if her positioning is slightly off she's able to recover and close down quickly for the ball carrier not giving them space to put the cross in or like go past her 
which is what makes her makes it really difficult to come up against her and she she goes in hard for the tackles as well like she isn't afraid of going in for the challenges so she she's a, she's a very feisty figure I, I would say so yeah i mean those two were were good like uh, there are obviously some some issues uh, with the center back pairing and their and their role in possession but we'll get we'll get to that about kenty i she had an okay game like i i don't really have many moments uh, from her in in my notes it was mostly like what what you would expect like she was pushing up yes and that is what you would uh, expect from kenty who has this tendency to overlap but uh, like there weren't many bright moments and there weren't like she was getting skinned or uh, anything because she was up against uh, bachman for mo- most of the times and bachman hasn't got like isn't really that quick of a player so she she found it easy bachman whenever she was dropping uh, she did well to like uh closer down plus she had good help from uh at times toletti as well so that that managed uh a lot and and i felt like in in terms of defending in our own third i i felt like toletti uh did a very good job as well uh in neutralizing some of their transition moments with with the way she covers the ground and the sort of coverage that she provides and that is what uh adds to her value like even if she isn't able to impose herself in possession like the out of possession stuff that she is able to offer and by extension the balance that she brings to our midfield is 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 quite valuable so those are the players that i i felt did their uh, role really well in terms of uh, defending in our own third and helped a lot uh, in that aspect so that is a defensive performance that i think covers pretty much the entirety of the first half. And really what we said about the defending in, in our own third really extends for the entirety of the game. Um, probably we can touch upon some moments, but I think in terms of the overall discussion, that covers it. Now we can go to kind of the in-possession stuff that had already been kind of hinted at, some stuff had been discussed. So the way PSG approached us in, in terms of their press and structure, Yash had already kind of touched on it. and their idea was, whether it's goal kicks or in just open play, having already been started, right, was to cut off all the short options, specifically really stepping up quite aggressively onto Fea and Toletti as they were trying to get on the ball, and also to Weir, Esther, Zornoza dropping. So a lot of it would have Parchawi, following Weir, the Almeida following Esther, and uh, Illishtet following Zornoza. At times, it looked like it was kind of a player-to-player approach on the back. So they were really aggressive, really, really aggressive. There are times when you have maybe a line of three or two for PSG at the back because of how intent they are to prevent receptions back to goal to break line, right? And so there was very much an intent for them to counter our numbers in the center or our potential in the center with with aggression with numbers and to kind of try to force us into mistakes so we tried to play those passes to, to eliminate the time we had in midfield so that was one part of it the other part of it is when we played wide they were much better than us because they had a more aggressive mentality to begin with at really rushing 
our decision making there. So trying to close the net on the wing, shutting off. I mean, I don't know if they shut off the option to the center back that well, but they really threw bodies at our fullback quickly, really tried to close down the space on the wing. So they 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 brought central mid- midfield options over to cut off the immediate short passing options. And the reason I said to compare this to the to our Champions League game versus Barca is because this is what we did in terms of our wing defenses. We were so aggressive and quick to close the net down the wing. We actually created a beneficial situation for us to then be able to apply pressure and make things tough for Barca. And PSG kind of did it in a similar way. And that's when a lot of our progressions started to break down for a variety of, of reasons. And uh, I can just kind of go through and list them off because that the main thing I do when I rewatch was I just kind of wanted to write down what were all the limitations of our own game that prevented us from being able to progress to the final third, because obviously PSG executed their defensive plan well. And we're assuming that Madrid needed to execute at a high level. I'm not saying any of this is easy, but if we want to be a great team, you have to be able to do the difficult things against the good teams to be able to to be able to consider to be in the upper class of, of sides, right, in football. And so let's go through the list here. I think the fundamental thing is that we didn't have, I think, the collective slash tactical approach or mentality or focus to be able to kind of exploit what PSG were doing, right? And I said we were going to go down the list, but let me just preface this because what PSG are doing, yes, it's very aggressive. It makes it difficult for us to find these easy options. But you also have to think about what it's giving away because a lot of defense is, is pretty much all give and take, right? And so if you're pressing that aggressively with midfield in your midfield and you're having your defensive line step up onto all these options dropping, you're giving up all sorts of space in behind, right? And you're creating the potential for accurate combinations to be able to completely split PSG's defense wide open. It raises the bar of execution, but then also raises the reward once you're able to break through PSG. And so basically then, in my opinion, would the, the approach then would be to actually seek to be able to execute at that level and then be able to obtain the reward based on the way PSG is planning, particularly because the Almeida and Ilishtet are not the greatest defenders when you put them on an island in space and you and you and you ask them to, to, to defend against someone like Athenea or even Esther or Weir, right? Like Weir had an early moment in the first half where she just absolutely destroyed Almeida on a one versus one, and we never really saw that again. Anyway, back to this supposed list I keep talking about. So I would I would say one of the fundamental issues was our ability to just be able to receive successfully back to goal when we were able to break lines to someone like Esther or Weir or Zornoza. It just failed, right? The execution the first couple of times, especially within the first 20, 25 minutes, it just didn't come off. And I think Jean-Francois, yes, she's pivot on the day, did a really good job to shuttle over and immediately double up on the player, cut off option, dispossess. The touches, some of them were bad. Frankly, some of the passes weren't that great. And so when that happens, obviously the team is going to be a bit discouraged to, to continue doing that. But also it just makes it harder to, if you're not executing them, there's, then obviously you can't execute to be able to exploit some of the things. So that, that, was one of the, that was one of the first things. The other thing then was we had some 
personnel limitations in terms of what we're doing. If PSG are going to approach you this way and the bar of execution to split them is higher, then the more subtle things become more important. And I thought Freya was far from awful in possession. I mean, she gave the ball away a couple of times and some of them weren't great. But you could tell that when she secured or she retained possession, she was not able to find progressive options. Not often was it that obvious, like you look at the screen and you're like, oh my God, she's missing a huge pass. It's just that she doesn't, she's not of the profile to be able to spin out of a tight space or receive on the half turn with such precision that she just immediately opens herself up to be able to play you know, a through ball going to Atenea down the left or something like that, right? It's She's got enough to maybe secure the ball when it's passed to her and then just find the safest option next and PSG can reorganize and press us again, right? So there were moments where Freya was in a position to receive and make something happen and she just couldn't really do it. Um, Toletti, I thought, was better at this, but this was not still yet the Toletti at the level that we expect. I thought she was more progressive and had more moments, but probably still waiting for the real Toledi to come back. Um, so right off the bat, like really early on, I was like, my day and like We absolutely need them in these types of positions if we want to make something happen. So there was that. And then I think coupled with all of these things, there was a lack of coordination in terms of supporting the options out receiving between the line, right? Or supporting the deeper ball carriers, right? You talked about how the double pivot didn't necessarily make the right movements to show for the ball at times. I would agree with that. But I think everyone, I think the entire team was not making the right movement to support each other in these types of spaces at times, right? And it'll be interesting to see if you agree with this specifically. It felt like we were so expansive in the way we were playing that when someone had to make a pass, it was like it always was a medium distance pass, right? It felt like there were no, there was no one really offering to the ball in a way that would make things easier. And again, that has to do with PSG rushing us, but it's, it's like we didn't have a cohesive way of trying to counter what PSG were doing, right? And so, so that was a problem, right? Because when it, that increases the difficulty further, it makes it harder to, to secure the ball. It makes it harder to play combinations. The other part of this is, is that there was no coordination between who was dropping off and who was going behind, right? You can't have everyone dropping to the ball, right? So if Esther drops, Weir needs to go in behind because you need to take advantage of the fact that you have members from the defensive line stepping up and leaving all the space in behind. And there really was not many moments you could pick out where someone from, you know, let's say, Harchawi drops to Weir and then we can put Henty in behind and you've got this huge gap to exploit. Like that, those movements, you know, those counter movements were never there. And so if you put it all together in terms of lacking the short options, lacking connections around the receiver, lacking the player going in behind, what we lacked was like the up back through pattern, basically. That is kind of the bread and butter way to try to play your way out of such tight marking and exploit a defensive line that is stepping up so aggressively. Then there are other small things like when we went to the wing, I just felt like the player, and this is maybe more what you were talking about, the, the double pivot I don't think was offering well enough to break pressure and receive, you know, the diagonal pass from there. We were also rushing the pass. So before, you know, for example, Toledi could even get open, Kenty was already putting the pass into the area and it was it was simple for 
um, Gronin or whoever was on that side to just pick up possession and, you know, recirculate and start a PSG attack. So there's a lot of things, right? I When I talk about a lack of focus in terms of exploiting PSG, positional issues, like it's a very broad thing, but just from a general perspective, we were not as a team offering in the right ways, in the, in the, in the right spacing, in the right combinations, in the right coordination to take advantage of what PSG were doing. And so if that's the case, what were we left with? We were left with going long, just straight off the bat, right? If, if you only have maybe a second to make a decision, you're like, I don't have options. It's not clear to me what I'm supposed to do to help my teammates, you know, facilitate short and play through. I'm just going to look up, see someone making runs in behind. And there were plenty of dangerous runs in behind. And I'm just going to go long. And that just, I, how many times have we talked about this, right? You know, for various reasons, Real Madrid would just do this when they're in possession. And today it was because they were rushed and they didn't have other solutions. And we just kept going long. And it, it's really hard to point out many times where it actually led to anything, right? Like we were just bombing the ball upfield. And I think everyone was a culprit for this in the back line. Certainly, Rocio had her moments that weren't great. But I mean, obviously, Yash, you can comment on a lot of things we're saying. But then the next place to go would be to talk about Kathleen's performance because it, I think, is exactly what you've foreshadowed before. Where she kind of starts off okay. She definitely had some good vertical passes. I can't lie and say they weren't there. But it's like when she made her first mistake, she made her set, and then it just cascaded to when you were in the second half. It was like every other time she was on the ball, these wild passes were going out of play or they were completely inaccurate. And she was just giving the ball to the opposition. And I don't even know if I won't even want to know what her passing accuracy was for that game because it, it got that bad. And if that's the case, right, and we don't have the solution to play through, we're going long and it's not doing anything, then all that's happening is you're giving the ball back to PSG in a state where you're not organized defensively because you're near attacking structure, and then PSG are able to flood forward and make danger. And as much as they were able to beat our defensive structure in the first half, the majority of their dangerous situations came from those moments where we just gave the ball away, they transitioned and put pressure on our box. And someone like Rocio had to do something heroic to save the day. So, talk long enough. If you have more to say about our, our in-possession issues or you have any thoughts about that, you can. Otherwise, you can go straight to Kaplan. Yeah, about about the in-possession stuff, I, I think I agree with pretty much everything uh, that you have said. About Freya, like, uh, I don't know if we are going to like break down her game further, but my issue with with a lot of moments that i when i like i saw it live as well and when rewatching it as well her her decision making in terms of selection of the pass when she is receiving with with the back towards uh, our goal even if like there is just minimal pressure she she just gives it back uh, into a very precarious uh, position and then when at times after receiving she has time to turn and and the space as well she she's very conservative to be to be honest and that really did not help us when we were trying to build because even if she was able to show up for the ball when the ball reaches her it wasn't going anywhere forward so that was really really bad like i have at least 3 to 4 moments where there was space to 
turn for her and move the ball forward but she instead chose to just circulate the ball and we did not need circulation in that moment because we weren't having success in finding uh, like progression through through long balls because our long balls were really really inaccurate and uh, every sort of that sw- switch that we were making uh, towards towards any side was not just it wasn't just coming off like uh, i don't know yes the central defenders do have uh, their ranges but they were they were rushing it uh, as you mentioned as well it it wasn't very composed performance and it didn't have to be like that it, that is the biggest thing if 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 the opposition had set up in such a great way that we had no like real cop outs from that then okay you have to give the credit to the opposition and yes psg did their job well but we were like really just playing into their hand and not keeping any calm like in in midfield had there been probably like tere we would have found success in probably being able to turn away from the pressure and into space and then move the ball forwards and we lacked that sort of ball carrying ability from the uh, from the central midfielders and that did not really help because and when our center backs were like provided space uh, by counter movements to carry the ball forwards when they did there wasn't enough support for uh, support by the forward line to like aid that moment and uh, aid that movement and utilize it for our uh, our benefit so it's it's just like i don't know it was it was a pretty poor poor performance uh, in in possession i would say not 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 really great wasn't really happy about it to be fair yeah in terms of the freya thing i think it's both that she has more of a classic defensive midfielder's mentality in possession but i think she's also aware that for her the risk is higher if she's trying to turn versus any sort of pressure and, and make a progressive movement and i think there's probably an uncertainty that affects her game where if you understand you have the technical fundamentals locked down, then you have greater confidence in your ability to try things, right? And I think it's probably a combination of both of those things. And it's just kind of a part of her game that we kind of knew about coming in, and which is why I, I question whether she was the one for this game. That being said, like, Criticism and tactical analysis is difficult because you can say that and then that doesn't necessarily mean you thought the player is a disaster. Right? I, I don't think Freya was offering what we needed, but it's not like she gave the ball away. I mean, that was more Kaplan. Um, it was just that with Freya, I think it's more of a subtle criticism. And I think if anyone really has the interest or time to go back and just pay attention to the way she was operating possession, I think you can see what we mean in particular instances where it's like, damn, that was the moment where something could have happened and she either turned away or she had one of her giveaways or something like that. And that's when you're like, oh, you know, Tede or Mike, they might have had the subtle quality to be able to turn out of that. And maybe that's not something you remember five matches down the line, but it's the type of stuff that adds up in possession that then makes a difference on the sixth possession and you're able to go and create a goal, right? Those are the types of effects that they have. So, yeah, I mean, look, I think the overall formation or whatever, I think it's fine. You know, I have my same question that Perot probably has about, do I start Feller? I mean, I'm not really as keen on the Seva Olga thing, but, you know, I, I, I can fully justify 
this type of formation lineup, but I really would have started Fede next to Toledi, and it might have made a big difference. I mean, we didn't see her at all, except at the very, very end, which is an interesting thing we'll have to talk about. But I think we've gone over the main strategic points of this half. I think the thing to, to point out is like, yeah, I think PSG were better, but having said all of that, we still found our way to create some chances. You know, and I think that just speaks to the quality is on the team. I think the reason we're spending so much time being like, here's what we could have done better, here's what went wrong, is because this team has the potential to do it. Like, I, I think it should almost be taken as a compliment to the team in a weird way because I really do believe we have the potential to execute at the level that the better teams do, right? Like, this is not something I necessarily would have been saying two years ago. I mean, Last year, we got destroyed 6-0 on aggregate. And maybe we were talking about playing a different way, but I don't think we were talking about competing toe-to-toe with PSG, right? I don't think that was the discussion, right? It shows how far we've come. And look, if all you want to do is just be like, where were we before, where are we now? 0-0 is clearly better than 6-0. And being slightly worse than PSG in a game is clearly a step forward. But I think we've taken a step forward even beyond that to where. I think we could have competed after a level, maybe been a little bit better at home, depending on, on how the in-possession stuff went. But yeah, we still created our chances. I don't know if we want to go through all of them because they weren't all amazing, but obviously the best moment was like the 39th minute when we're able to get one of those combinations going and we're just able to play this insane one-two with Zornoza and she plays this ridiculous back heel to put her going in behind, like it was probably the most exciting moment of the match for Madridistas, like just an unreal bit of skill. And Rail creates something, and then like a minute later, we get a corner and Rocio heads it over. Yeah, I mean, before, like basically, Weir was able to then receive it back, get in the box. There was no shot that came, but it was like danger was created. And then we had a corner and Rocio headed it over the bar. I don't know if it came directly after. Or Something happened, then we got a corner and happened. But like that was probably our best moment in the first half. And then we had moments going the other way here and there. And overall, I think just from a pure shot to shot perspective, it was all right. Um, the thing with the half was PSG were also the possession ended up being rather even. That was shocking to me in live time. But like there were these like three minute spells mattered throughout the game where we were able to hold the ball in the middle third and PSG were not pressing. They stepped back and then we held on to it for a while, couldn't find something. And then it went out of play or something like that. So it really was about who was putting more pressure on the opposition box in the first half. That was by far PSG, but we have enough quality in this team that even if that's the case, we still created stuff. Any other chances I'm missing relevant stuff in the first half? Yeah, before that, like, I, I have some numbers that would back what we were saying. So, like, uh, Kathleen's passing accuracy was the second lowest in our in our side. Uh, only, like, Kenty had worse, but, like, Kenty was also attempting crosses. So, that factors into it. So, that is what we were talking about with her poor performance on the, on the ball in this game. And then uh, about the thing that we were uh, talking about, how we were attempting long balls a lot and didn't find any success. So like we attempted 49 long balls in this game and only 14 of them were accurate. So like we did not have that accuracy to go and we attempted a fair few of them because 
yeah i mean it's it's not really it's not really looking good on the ball uh with the numbers as well so yeah i just wanted to share that and apart from that in in the first half uh, in terms of chances that we had uh, i think w- what we were trying to do a lot and i and i and i and i understand why we were trying to do that because uh buhadi's collection isn't as good on, on the shot so we were trying to take a lot of speculative efforts as well which which i really appreciate because yeah if you know the keeper is not going to be able to hold on to the ball a lot just just test her just take a shot maybe something falls off and esther we know esther is good at pouncing on those opportunities so like we did that then there was this olga chance as well in the 30th minute uh, where she took a shot and buadi uh, a low shot and buadi couldn't properly collect it and esther w- was just about to pounce on it then there was that freya freya's long long range effort so yeah i mean not many very good chances but i i could understand why we were trying to like take shots from from range because buadi has has shown in the past that she isn't uh the most assured uh, goalkeeper when it comes to like uh shot collection and stuff so yeah nothing more i think in the first half at least all right i think we spent a lot of time there but i think it was necessary to kind of flesh out the interesting bits of of really stuff that we learned going forward because it's a nil nil game right i, I mean results wise is clear what this means and Overall, there's not much to say in terms of goal-mouth acting. But I think what's really interesting here is, well, how do we improve upon here? Because that's just, that's constantly where our mind is at with where Real Madrid is at the moment, right? How do we keep taking that step forward? Because we clearly haven't made it yet, even though we keep getting better. So second half, no changes. I didn't expect any changes, but if I was the manager, which this is called managing the bridge, so why not? I really would have, Pede for, for Freya, Ivana for Kathleen. I really would have put Ivana on at the second half. Maybe she has some kind of knock. I don't know. Literally, unless she's injured, even if she's horribly off form, I don't see how Ivana is negotiable in these types of games. She's just had, provides another level of quality on the ball. She's our best defender. She has to be starting. Like, I don't care. Like, there's just a big enough gap between her and the others, right? And so if the decision is between Rocio and Kathleen on form at the moment, you obviously have to pick Rocio. So I like I don't know. That that would have been my call, but I was not surprised in the slightest because it's very unless we were down a goal or down two goals, that was not happening. I would say beginning of the second half to the first half of the second half felt like we were watching the same game. Diani causes trouble early, immediately getting his one versus one situation with Rocio. Rocio does really well again. I thought that was maybe the moment she was going to be caught. She wasn't. Um, again, probably the best performance I've ever seen from Rocio from a defensive perspective at Real Madrid. Then we have probably like the one truly major breakdown was when they got the one versus one in the 55th minute, where it was just one of those, like, I really went back and tried to scrutinize it, and I just feel like, Josh, you can tell me how you feel about this after, but I just felt like to really go after anyone in that situation would be a bit nitpicky, because it's one of those where PSG have possession, we win the ball, and then PSG immediately win it back, and then, you know, Bachman is able to receive and then attack 
the defense, right? I think she plays it to Martins, and Martins is able to play Deontay Freeman. Might, I might be mixing it up, but I know Bachman is the one who receives, and then they attack, and uh, Deontay is the one who's able to go through. Catalan in that situation is stepped up way too high, but she's, I think, worried about someone receiving a puck, right? Our midfield is completely out of out of the picture because we had just won the ball back, and we're like, it's go time. Rocio, as the carrier is moving forward and Diani is making the run, Rocio makes the split second decision. I need to step up when probably the option was like, we need to delay here. And because if, if the carrier had kept going, they would have gone to the right and nothing would have happened, right? But split second, Rocio is like, I need to step up. And that's when both Kathleen and Rocio out of position. The fullbacks are the one covering depth, but they're wider. Ball is slipped through. Diani is completely free. Misa makes an incredible, incredible save. I don't know that much about goalkeeping from a textbook perspective, but it felt like from a she was just correct from a te- textbook perspective in terms of how she came out, tried to spread herself out, stood big, and made a great save because Diani wasn't able to place it well enough. And that basically saved the draw right there because I don't want to think about how the game might have spiraled out of control had she been rewarded after all their effort. Um, so huge, huge save for Misa, the best save she's made this season. How did you see that defensive sequence? Am I being like a little too kind to our defenders there? Yeah. So like when you were uh, speaking, I went back and rewatched it again. It was Bachman. I just wanted to make sure that I had it right in my notes. So it was Bachman who plays the through ball. And I think when when that sort of turnover happens uh, that close to goal. It, it is about split-second decisions. And I wouldn't necessarily blame uh, anyone because, yeah, maybe Rocio could have uh, decided better, but it, it is a split-second decision. Like, she felt that could have uh, that she could have probably, like, stopped uh, that lane, but it wasn't, but it wasn't there. So... I don't know like I, I i wouldn't necessarily hold this against them because it's a turnover situation and it, it is difficult to to defend those sort of situations when your defense is not as organized when you are like when you win the ball and then you lose it again so like players are out of position and it's 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 difficult like she could have maybe moved towards the left and just blocked the lane maybe but she, I think, wasn't uh, as aware of uh, Diani making the run. But I think she was. And she was trying to just reduce the time for the ball carrier uh, on the ball. Which was, which ideally, I think, is the right thing. But I don't know. She wasn't as quick. And Bachman just spotted the lane and picked it out very nicely. So, yeah, I wouldn't hold it against any of our defenders. And about Misa, I think, yeah, the technique on that, the way she came out of her line really quickly was really good and the way she like uh opened up her body to make herself big and stop the ball was was really good like again i am not just like you i'm not a really a very big uh goalkeeper analyst or anything so it's very difficult to like judge goalkeepers and the save they make and the technique they have uh it's very difficult to speak on that but uh, that was like a that was out of the textbook, I, I would say, for anyone like coming on in a 1v1 situation with the player in behind and how you should like be closing down. And we know that Misa, is, uh, Misa has this tendency of leaving her line uh, really well-timed. So, 
yeah i mean she she does the sweeping work as well a lot of times for us uh, she plays that sweeper keeper role quite well and yeah i mean we we could see that she had identified that run and she was quick to like close it down so misa had a, had a had quite a good game i would say overall as well yeah i'm not quite sure where martin's came for me i think maybe she played like a chip pass to gioto later in the second half and Misa claimed that as well, and like I'm confusing them, but yeah, I know Bachman sparked it, but it's good to know that she made the pass as well. So, yeah, that was the really relevant chance for PSG there. I kind of feel like they peaked there. I, I would say like it was more towards maybe 70 minutes, something like that, where we kind of started to take off, but I felt like maybe last 25 minutes of the game, we looked probably like the better team and i think there are a lot of reasons for that but i think we need to backtrack a bit because i think there was one good change for real madrid at the second half and i think defensively we just got better about applying pressure on the wing so i went back specifically to look at the way psu were progressing and obviously they still caused trouble and stuff but it just did not appear that they were just cutting through us and progressing from their own half as easily as they were in the first and I think this is what helped slowly kind of push the tide towards us so that we could end the half on the stronger foot and have good vibes coming out of that draw, regardless of what the overall picture of the match was. And I just think probably, I don't know what Kirill said at halftime. Maybe he specifically asked them to do it. Maybe he fired them up. I just felt, especially on the right-hand side, because I'm guessing the right-hand side had to have been a talking point because that's where all the danger is being created. Kirill had probably said something there, right? about needing to stop that. I think we just did a better job of closing down the right-hand side quicker, forcing decisions. It wasn't perfect. PSG are really good when they get to their fullback and they still found ways to progress, but there were more interceptions. There were more turnovers higher up the pitch and that helped us, right? Because we weren't being pinned back. We were able to start higher up the pitch. PSG couldn't press from that position. They had to retreat. So I think that was kind of the main tactical difference in the second half. I don't think much really changed besides that, but I think it was a positive change. And look, it's something we're capable of. We've seen us execute at a better level defensively in this very specific way. And I think we saw more of it in the second half. I think it was better. I think Athenea did a better job. And it just wasn't as easy for Lawrence to look up and play a ball to someone running the channel because PSG applies so much pressure. Either it's Gioro going there, it's Diani. Even Cronin a couple times made a run on that side, by the way, had had a really good game. So, yeah, I think we just did a better job of that. And I think as PSG's intensity started to drop, because it's not possible for them to keep up what they were doing defensively over 90 minutes, and obviously probably they became a little bit more cautious when it's still nil-nil, I think that helped bridge the transition between that part of the game towards the stronger period, which still hard for me to pinpoint exactly why it happened but i think part of it is defensive part of it psg's intensity dropping off and then also growing in confidence when we were able to knock the ball about in the final third don't know if you have anything particular to say about that i guess i should mention that in that period where psg was still looking stronger we got opportunities kind of out of nowhere again like we did in the first half 58th minute we had esther aim for we're in the box the cross buhadi came out not convincingly, she pushes the shot. Letty, who has like a really tough volley in an open net and is, has to like raise her boot really high and she puts it over. 
maybe, just maybe, she could take an extra touch there and then try to aim it on goal. There were defenders bearing down on her. That was maybe our best chance of the game, I'd probably say. And uh, it was a moment that if we felt, oh, shit, like we could steal it, but it didn't happen. What do you have to say about kind of the first part of that first half, like 65th minute, you know, around that period, or first part of the second half? I mean, initially, the second half uh, started the same, uh, most probably. And I mean, it was expected that the way, like, with the way PSG were as intense in, in, the, in closing us down, it would, at, at some point, wane off. Or it would like they would get tired and they would just drop off uh, that intensity because no team presses for ninety minutes. So that was uh, that is what happened. We did create a few uh, opportunities. Uh, obviously, like the Toledi chance was was massive. Maybe one can say we could have like uh, snuck that in or whatever. But it's it was a difficult uh, chance as well. Like it was a big chance, but. It was uh, one can understand why it was it didn't went in. So that was there, and I mean most most of the things that I have in my notes about that is mostly just individual performances that I think would be better if we uh, like go through the game first and then uh, like talk about individual stuff just from like Real Madrid uh, from our team and from PSG side as well because there were quite some good performers from from the opposition as well. So. Uh, yeah, nothing more to add. Yeah, so basically at this point in time, I'm wondering why the hell have subs not come on and what exactly Toril's thinking is because, I mean, just the last podcast versus Levante, we praised his ability to be reactive. And I think that kind of depends on the scoreline. That and also it just kind of seemed like he was weirdly comfortable with the drop. Weird from my perspective. Maybe he was looking at it like, this is the team that destroyed us 6-0 last year on aggregate. To get a draw is amazing. But we know that PSG are not the same side they were last year. We are not the same side we were last year. When we got stronger, they got weaker. It wasn't that just we got stronger. It's that and then the fact that we have four matches, obviously, home and away for both. This was the home match versus PSG. Chelsea will be the favorites in both matches versus us probably. This was probably the best opportunity to get three points out of those four games because we were playing at home. Feels like a missed opportunity to me. So at least it didn't feel like we went for it in all the ways that we could, especially with the first set of substitutions coming in the 76th minute. To me, that's, that kind of implies that Peril was okay with the way the game was going up to that point. And the minutes preceding that were, were some of the better, better minutes, but like, Bare minimum, I think half hour mark, we needed to make changes and we didn't. And I think Toril was just like, we survived, we're okay. I thought that was strange because where do we see the three points coming next besides the next game versus Bosnia, which is not going to be enough, most probably, to progress the Champions League, right? We're going to have to win one of these games and unless some you know crazy permutation that I'm not thinking about happens. So, yeah, I, that was that was a bit weird to me, but the substitutions come on in the 76th minute, and it's Maite and Sveva, interestingly, for Toletti and Atenea. Look, I think Sveva performed well at the end of the day, because she immediately comes on and puts a cross in the box. I don't know if I understood that substitution, but, because it didn't seem to address anything about make us better, or the problems, or whatever, but Maite comes on for Toletti. Maybe Toletti still needs some rest. Wasn't 
you know, exactly a 10 out of 10 performance, okay? But in my opinion, if you're going to do that, it should have been for Freya. But in Toriel's mind, he's like, that's defense, right? We need to secure the nil-nil. So with these subs, you have Maite. I, I mean, Zornoza drops into the double pivot, I think. And Maite kind of becomes that left-sided midfielder. And Freya moves to the right-hand side. And then Athene- uh, Olga obviously moves up into attack. And Seva becomes left-back. And then, as I mentioned, we kind of end the half on the front foot looking like the better team. I'd say the final, probably like 10 minutes more end-to-end. PSG did look dangerous, but we probably had the better moments. There was most notably the Kenti cutback that PSG were not really able to clear, and Zornoza with the right foot puts a shot wide of the post. That was probably the last moment we were like, damn, maybe we could have stolen the game there. And then in the 93rd minute, we have basically no time remaining. Toril bringing on Pede for Olga, which was a time-wasting substitution. Like, that, that's the thing I don't get, right? Like, it seems like from the lineup selection, the way the game was managed to this final decision, it just felt like the draw was what we wanted. And I'm not sure that makes sense. But I've already talked about it, but I it's just that one was something like I just did not expect to see. But yeah, if this is what we're happy with, all I'm saying is I think we're underestimating what we can achieve. We're not aiming high enough and then probably over respecting PSG, which is a very that's the worst thing we can do because when they're under pressure when they've been playing poorly and then for us to treat them like the better team, it's easier for them to play like it. But I don't have more to say on that. I just wanted to say that. I think that's probably the less interesting part of the game because things really opened up and it was more about just, all right, who's, who has more energy, who's taking the open space, and that, that ended up being us. If you have anything more to say, you can. I don't think you do, but otherwise you can jump straight into the individual performances that you were talking about. Yeah, n- not much to add, really. Just I, I did not like the time-wasting sub for Tere because... <laughs> I don't know, it just feels really weird to like bring on a player for just when there are a few seconds remaining. It it doesn't do anyone any good and it doesn't look good either uh, from the outside. So I don't know. It's probably not a big thing. It's probably already like it's just water under the bridge. But yeah, it's not a good look for me. I don't like it. So yeah, about... uh, about the individual performances, we have already spoken about uh, most of are our players so i'll i'll jump to some performances i quite enjoyed from uh psg uh i think we all know let's get the big one out there first diani like she she's such a dynamic player like it's 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 really good to watch her play and the way she carries the ball one thing about her is uh one thing about her is that she she is not just a very good carrier because of her like one v one ability or uh, or her pace, but she's also like really her balance on on this ball carrying is really well because she is physically very robust. So it's very difficult to like shrug her off or put her off balance when she's carrying the ball. And a lot of times like when when Rocio was challenging her as well, like she was able to like uh, still maintain her balance and carry the ball. That is. That is what makes her like really impossible to stop when she's carrying the ball and 
uh, yeah while uh, olga and rocio did a very good job to like deal with her a lot of times she was still threatening and she was still like uh, a cause of major worry which is like expected from a player of her quality one thing that she probably needs to improve still is her like efficiency in front of the goal which which yeah which i get when when people complain about that but i think that is not her primary role in any team that she plays for she is accompanied by a number nine now this season she won't be so like there's this added responsibility on her but i i think she does well overall over over a larger sample size i think she does just enough to uh pass on as a as a decent finisher uh so yeah that that's that's her then along the same flank i would like to talk about ashley lawrence like she is she is the perfect fullback probably i don't know like she she is good in possession she is very good in her duel she is great and she has good awareness and she is just really really comfortable when she gets on the ball like it's a in the modern game like the demands from a fullback have changed a lot and it demands a lot uh, from them in possession now and she just offers them and that is what makes uh, makes her such a such a valuable as, uh, asset for her team because when she's re- she can move inside towards the central areas and receive the ball and pass it around she can turn provider from wide areas and she is uh, she has such good engine that she can go up and down the uh, up and down the flank for for tirelessly for the 90 minutes so it's just insane the sort of uh like they have very very good fullback psg i i i would say like especially uh like ashley lawrence is is a proper two-way threat sakina karchao is great going forward she has improved a lot with her final delivery as well uh, and she is very good in 1v1 situation. So, like, they have really good pullbacks that they like to use as well in their chance creation mechanism. Uh, that was really uh, good to see again. Another thing that I really enjoyed from that PSG performance was the dynamism that their interiors offered them. Like, we know uh, Gioro is a very good player. Like, she is absolutely world-class. The way she was able to, like fill in gaps when when the forward line was shifting across or like they were exchanging position the way she was able to provide that balance that is what makes her so so good like she obviously there are elements of her on the ball that are really good like she's very press resistant she you can have two three players uh, on her but she'll still be able to find her teammate and just retain possession for her side she is very good uh, in one v one tight tight situations as well. So she can dribble her way out of this sort of pressure and into space. She has a very good vision. But what what really stands out to me is the is these movements of the ball where she is like either providing balance or providing an option in behind by making those well timed runs from the midfield, which which are a big threat. So yeah, I mean. Uh, her performance was obviously good and it was really refreshing to see how uh, what sort of freedom was granted to Jackie Gronen uh, when when PSG attacked so like she was the one constantly like attacking the box and pressing from the front foot and stuff like that so it was quite refreshing to see because we see Jackie as this as this player with with an incredible engine who can just run across the pitch but now she was given the chance to like influence the game more on the in in the final third 
So yeah, I mean, th those were the performances from PSG that I would like to highlight. And about uh, Real Madrid, I think we have discussed uh, enough. But uh, yeah, I mean, one can't uh, go a game without mentioning how how incredibly skillful and how just it's it's insane how good Caroline Weir is. We keep talking about this all, all the time, but and I don't think we are ever going to get tired of this either. But the skill that she pulled off in in the in the thirty seventh minute, if I'm not wrong, that like how many players in the world can you point towards and say, yeah, this that player can pull it off. First, that touch was insane, and then to have the vision to instantly play the back heel into space for the player making the run. I mean. It's just insane. She she's she's a crazy crazy good player, and we are so blessed to have her. And the that really shows how important she is because she can produce these these moment of magic. Because the chance where she made a run into the box and then Karchoy fell uh, to the ground and uh, she couldn't get her shot off. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but the Zoronosa was on the on the right, and she was she already had her arms up in the air because we have seen Caroline Weir do this uh, a lot of times where there are multiple defenders around her in the box and she's, she just twists and turns and generates space for herself to shoot and she shoots into the goal. But this time it didn't happen. But that is the sort of confidence that you have whenever Caroline Weir gets the ball in, in the box even though there are multiple players on her and that speaks so highly of her quality. Uh, so yeah. I mean, those are my thoughts about individual performances from both the teams. If you have anything, you can add. The one I'll add is I thought Jean-Francois defensively was, was pretty good, especially in the first half. I don't really know her game that much. Insert Shaq, apology. I'm not really familiar with your game. Um, I just saw what she did versus Chelsea, and she didn't really stand out to me. And now, as I talk, I have to Google and make sure that she did actually play versus Chelsea so that I don't sound like an idiot. But, yeah, I think defensively, we talked about all the issues we had in terms of breaking lines, but if you go and look at a lot of those sequences, a ton of it is Jean-Francois really timing her movements well, knowing when to come off her player, to double up, intercept, apply pressure. I thought she was quite good, and I thought she did her role quite well for PSG on the day. I can't speak to her larger game. I don't know what the bigger picture is around her, whether people want other players to start, whether she's deserved this for a long time, but I thought she was impressive on the day. And I think just generally, especially in the first half, PSG were just good defensively from an individual perspective. We talked about Olga winning duels versus Diani, but Diani also stopped Olga a few times trying to cut inside and do her thing where she dribbles inside to break a press and it led to bad turnovers. Usually Olga can pull it off but Diani was wise to it and outmatched her. And so overall that was probably the best battle of the game was Diani versus Olga but that's what I want to say about PSG and just cap it off saying Olga's got that dog in her. Like I don't know any any other way to say it. In the dog rating, in the dog analytics for Real Madrid squad, Olga is up there. She is right at and I think that's, that's the most important rating of them all. The reason she has the number seven, there's a reason she thrives under the number seven. There's a reason that in all the big pressure moments she's shown up. Olga Carmona was built to play for Real Madrid. So I think that's pretty much it. Anything else, final chance? 
yeah so about uh, PSG's number six I won't uh, try to pronounce her name because I'll probably butcher it but yeah she is pretty talented I saw her at the 2019 uh, youth tournament and then last season at Paris FC as well I was able to catch some of their games she's really talented she she is I think the long-term solution for the defensive midfield role at uh, in France as well I mean that's really far away but yeah she she is quite good and that is what I wanted to see how she progresses uh, this season with PSG because she has come into a very favorable uh, environment for herself individually as a player because now she'll have the opportunity to uh, play a lot of minutes and uh, her defensive qualities are, are quite good she reads the play well she covers the ground well and she positions herself quite well as uh, quite well too so yeah one player to monitor another player to monitor if you guys are interested in she'll be quite big i think so good to know that i wasn't just talking shite that she does have some talent so yeah i'm actually interested now watching the rest of the champions league games of this group especially the next Chelsea one, because we know how it's going to go versus Bosnia, to see how she continues to perform, because I, I don't think the things she did versus us were, like, normal. Like, you just be like, oh, you know, it's part. I, I think they, they stood out to me, especially on the rewatch when you're looking at those sequences, trying to figure out why things broke down. She was one of the reasons. So, credit to her. This is, this is a contest with a lot of high-quality players, and maybe this brings some people down to earth. Maybe this brings me down to earth, considering all the PSG slander we had going on the podcast, but I really do think we can do better, and I think there are a lot of things we can take and apply for the second leg, or it's not really a leg, but for the second match we have in the group stage versus PSG, because we're going to need to win one of these games, and Chelsea, however weird their seasons are, have the type of quality that is truly terrifying, right? So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. It's obviously harder for us away from home, but I don't imagine PSG are going to approach the game that differently. So I think we have the edge in terms of looking at what happened and being like, all right, let's be the ones to make some changes and, and go for it. I really think we can, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see whether we really learn from it. From Thrill's perspective, I think he's content. We'll see what the post-match quotes are. All right, I think that's pretty much it. My laptop is back, so I should be able to do some editing. The mic seems absolutely dead as uh, people have probably noticed by the audio quality from me. Not sure what to do about that. Probably going to have to get a new one. So something else for me to figure out technology front. Otherwise, you look to the league game next. I think we're playing Sevilla, and the game just keep rolling on from there. So appreciate everyone who listened. We'll see you next time. And Ala Madrid. Ala Madrid.